What is up, quality people? Welcome back to Equality Pod here on the Quality Life YouTube channel. My name is Joshua Prophet, and as always, I'm joined by my beautiful girlfriend. Kenya McIntosh. I was about to say, you didn't even <laughs> go say your name. We got a great show lined up for you. As you see the title, it says Divided States, guys. Divided States. We're going to get into some you know, really good stuff. We'll be exploring how the country is divided in three ways, through race, through faith, and through politics, and how we can do our part to bring it together. And so before we get into that, I think you're... Where's that coming from? From the set? Yeah, I think so. Testing? Wait, say testing again. Testing? Oh, uh, turn those uh, headphones off, I guess. Just turn that first knob down. Uh, but we're going to acknowledge some of you quality people who are here. Oh, Mayday is back in the house. Cindy says, welcome back. Mayday. Let's acknowledge the quality people in the house. Make Break sure you, the you we don't want to be quality by ourselves. Let's see. Good to see you, nephew. You just turn the knob. It's, you see where it says Mike? No, 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 no. All right. Come, come sit down. I'll, I'll turn it off. All right. Entertain the people. Hi, everyone. Thank All you right. for being here. We really appreciate you. All right. Luxurious Elements is in the house. Greetings, everyone. Man, what type of tea are you sipping on today? Because it's quality. So. so today I decided to mix it up a little bit, and I decided to mix the peppermint with the peach. Oh, so you literally mixed it up today. Yes, I did. Hmm, I like that. I like that. I think mine's honey chamomile. Good guess. Cool. Yeah, because I... You just kind of surprised me today. You yeah, didn't ask me. Like, you just I'm took just going to go for it. Yeah, yeah. I took initiative. There I we sure go. Did. There we go. Well, guys, we have a great show lined up for you. We're about to get into our first topic here, um, and that is going to be Tim Ross um, cooking about being a black Christian in America. He has some great insight. And so, I mean, let's get down with the get down. Tim Ross cooks. What does he cook about? Tim Ross gives thoughts on being a black Christian in America. And boy, he brought some heat. Quality people, this is quality life. Advice that leads you closer to Christ. Make sure that you... Because we don't want to be quality by ourselves. We're trying to make Gen Z become more virtuous. That's our ultimate goal. But yes. if you're Gen Z, you don't have to. I mean, you can still be here. We're showing all the love of Christ and everything that we oh, do. Before we move forward, I do want to say we reached the 400th club. So I do want to welcome all our new subscribers in. 400 of you Let's out there in the building. Quality's taking over. Yeah. Not really, but I mean, 400 strong is our goal is to get to 1,000 because once you get to 1,000, that is a key uh, metric for being able to partner with YouTube and get monetized. And then once we're able to get monetized and monetize some of our um, content, then we'll be able to, you know, reach out to bigger creators, have creators on, as well as just, you know, further elevating the production quality of our show so that is the goal and uh and we'll also have more time to prepare because if we have youtube as an income then we won't have to focus on you know getting incomes in outside other ways sources. outside sources so uh we do appreciate everything that you've done um but yeah let's get into this tim ross clip you gotta hear me I'm speaking as a black man. I ain't been through nothing in this country compared to what believers in Jesus go through in other parts of the world. My house ain't being set on fire. My people ain't being killed Amen. just for their belief. Mm. Also, I've endured some racism. Take it off. There's been some prejudice toward me. <laughs> yeah. I won't make it. The white people don't like me. They won't let me in their club. Start of. <laughs> 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 Start a business and make some money. Yeah. 
and then show up to the same party that they're at. They can't kick you out then. Racist people don't scare me. I ain't scared of no racist person. Whoop de doo. Only person, the only racists I'm scared of are the ones that have authority. Put a badge behind them or put a judge's robe on them. I'm scared of that racist. Because that's too much damn power for them to have. Yeah. That's the clip, guys. And he he brings so much in that one little clip. Mm-hmm. It's only about 60 seconds long, but he systematically kind of goes through, yeah, you may endure some mistreatment just solely based on the color of your skin, but you shouldn't let that hinder you from maximizing what you can be as a person. And so a lot of people will say, woe is me if things... if." the world wasn't so racist then i could flourish but i mean that's almost like a limiting belief yeah it's like there's so much opportunity especially in america compared to any other like other countries right and just like he was saying about um he has never been persecuted in the same way as other christians in in countries like china like they have to go underground to worship they have to endure Right. Persecution. Unlike us, we can just, you know, oh yeah, I'm going to church on Sunday. Like Right. We're we're able to express our faith freely. Yes. Now, I mean, there's pockets of or there's movements that may not be as accepting of Christians now, like, you know, ideologies that are in our own country that have, you know, hate for Christians, but that doesn't matter because we're still able to express it freely. Mm-hmm. Um and that's a big that's a that's a big that's a big deal because like he, like he says in other parts of the world they're they're literally getting persecuted. Yeah. They they can't even claim that they're Christian without being literally Be crucified. Yeah. So yeah. um we have uh, some points that we can only go through and our first point is don't let your limiting beliefs stop you from growing as a person in Christ. And this is a big point because if you have this woe is me uh, and narrow point, field of vision, then you won't be able to see outside of the scope of this racism. And then you won't be able to, God won't even be able to expand you because all you see is this narrow frame of focus. Mm-hmm. But God wants to pull you beyond that. And mm-hmm. like I said, and he, he says like, hey, if... Yeah, so what? I faced a little racism. Like, you can still go start a business. You, there's still things that you can do. And who are you to complain when you haven't maximized, maximized who you are? You haven't even pushed the boundaries of what you can be, yet you're complaining about the boundaries. Mm-hmm. All right. So our second point is, if you only look through the lens of the limiting belief, you won't allow God to elevate you beyond that belief. And that's just basically what I just said. Hey, if you are so tunnel vision and narrow minded, you won't be able to see all the blessings and what you could be outside of that. And it all starts with your mindset. It's like what we say last uh, podcast, you got to love God with all your heart, with all your mind and with all your soul. Excuse me. And so you have to have an open field of you, like God is the boundary for us, right? The, our skin color isn't the boundary, right? What other people think about us, that's not the boundary. God is the boundary, and he operates outside of all of that. And so so what if humans place a boundary on us? Maximize that boundary and start pushing the boundary because once you, it's like, it's like in war, right? It's like this enemy could surround you, right? But if you fight everybody and you start pushing them back, Right now, you're pushing the boundaries of, you know, the territory that they claim that you should only occupy. Now you're able to. That's how God can enlarge your territory, in a sense. Yeah, and like the limiting beliefs thing, it typically comes from like a lack of trust and a lack of faith. So if you're, I guess, operating in the way that was opposite of what Tim Ross was talking about. Like, oh, the world's racist. There's no way I can ever get from A to B because I'm blocked by the sense of racism. Well, if you put your trust in God, you put your trust in his will for your life, none of those things should matter. Like, None of those things should be a hindrance to you because you're like, okay, well, 
obviously God wants me to go here. Mm-hmm. Just focus on that and nothing else matters. Amen to that. And so we got a Bible verse. Our first Bible verse is John 10, 10. It says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have a life and have it abundantly. And this is a huge verse because if we're so focused again on our skin color and all the hindering and all, all the things that hinder us, we're not able to receive the abundant life that Christ can like that Christ has for us, right? We're not able to let him work through us so that we can live abundantly. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's just a big point. And so let's get back to our points here. Our third point is we should stand for justice and be charitable to the less fortunate while spreading the gospel to elevate those we help above their current conditions. And so this point is hinting at the fact that people might say, well, should we just ignore like the racist and ignore the injustice just so that we can... Basically, are you saying do just forget about it? And it's like, no, we're not saying forget about racism we're we're saying that hey god is a just god and we should always seek justice we should always seek what's righteous and what's fair but at the same time just because a certain group of people or certain things that you come across may be unfair may be oppressive in some sense or may have prejudice against you don't allow that to hinder you know or cripple your walk with God, your walk through life, uh, maximize what you can be, maximize your opportunities. And then if you hit, um, if you really, really hit, if you really push the boundaries and then you're still faced with, you know, oppression, that's when you can stand and you can fight. But if you haven't maximized your opportunities within the boundaries that have been set, you're like, you're just, it's like, what are you doing? You haven't maximized who you can be um, and you're not, you're honestly not serving God as you could be to the full potential that you could be as well. Yeah, you just have to look at the bigger picture. Because um, I think, I guess, goes back to everything else that we said about um, not looking through the lens of your limiting belief. Just like, okay, yes, this is this, mm-hmm. but what is this out? What does the outside look like? Like, um, it's like you know the umbu- the abundance mindset. You know, like. Right. You just never know what can happen if you just let God do his thing. Right. And put his tr- put your trust and faith in him. And walk with him through yes. through life. And that last part says we should be charitable because that's a big thing that Jesus uh preaches is you know, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Love your neighbor. And so you want to be just seek fairness, and you want to be charitable to the less fortunate. But being charitable to the less fortunate isn't just giving them money or isn't just giving them what they need and letting them rock along, right? Um, A better way to be charitable is say, hey, look, um, here's something to get you on your feet, but also let me help you and let me give you some guidance on how you can elevate out of your current condition. Let me teach you how to walk with Jesus so that you can elevate spiritually, you can elevate emotionally, you can elevate. And well, if you get those two right, then generally um, you're able to elevate in the material world, Mm -hmm. in the physical world as well, out of your condition. And that brings up an old proverb, um, and this isn't like a proverb in the Bible, but this is uh, words of wisdom that have... uh, spun around and i want you to check this out it says if you give a man a fish you feed him for a night if you teach a man to fish you feed him for a lifetime and that's just heat jesus says that if you follow me or he basically says let down your net follow me i'll let make you fishers of men and so yes we want to be charitable, but also understand your responsibility to, as part of spreading the gospel, is helping people to elevate spiritually, mentally, and emotionally out of their situation by pointing them towards the way of Christ. Yeah, and I love that proverb just because my dad says it all the time. Oh, does to he? To me and my sister. Oh, yep. Shout out to your dad. Big yeah, up. Yeah, he does. 
I like it. I like it. Guys, this has been fun. Um, hey, if you are watching the replay, you're going to want to watch this video right in front of my face. Next, quality people. This is quality life. And don't be, but serve the alpha and omega. Make sure that you... Oh, hold on. I messed that up. Don't be. Serve the Alpha and Omega. We'll be right back. Like for the algorithm. My face like just broke out. I felt so ugly, guys. Reading and diving into the word about it. One, it could be way worse. And two... That's not what defines my beauty. What defines my beauty is like I, what I present to the world, what God has given me. You don't need to be fixed. There's nothing that about you that needs to be physically fixed. And that's what makes us beautiful is like the inward work that he does. Some people can get so like consumed, like especially as a girl, like you get so consumed with, oh, I gotta have my lashes. I have, I have to have a beat face. Mm -hmm. I have to look a certain way so I can get this kind of man or I can, get friends i think it really takes like a point in life where it's like those things don't matter there's perfection in your imperfection and that perfection is going to come for the work that christ does in your life um, to make you, you know, spiritually better rather than you know physically better a lot of people end up going into situationships because they're like well i'm not ready to be in a relationship yet but right. it's like but you're doing everything that would be a relationship wise you're seeing them and you don't have a commitment yeah you don't so it's like you want to you know deep down like i said this in my video you know deep down you want a relationship right so just be intentional about wanting their relationship you want somebody of good character and of good virtue rather than you know somebody who you are just off the charts physically attracted to but they have you know the things and the characteristics that won't allow them to inherit the kingdom of God. The quality hangout, it's time to read your comments and answer your questions. We are back, but first make sure that you like for the algorithm. Because we don't want to be quality by ourselves. Again, our goal is to make Gen Z more virtuous, but the world more virtuous, but that's our target demographic. And uh guys, just uh we're about to get to your comments. So Kenya, let's uh see Take it away what the quality people are saying. You got T Mac. Looking beautiful, Kenya. Looking handsome, Josh. Oh, baby, I look good. I look handsome. Oh, gosh. Somebody Don't go get him take started. Me for ransom. Don't get him started. Uh. <laughs> no, thank you. Thank you. Congrats on 400. Big in the building. All the quality people. Shout out to all the quality people out there. Amen. <laughs> I love you guys for real. Thank you for all that you do, commenting. And supporting us through our live chats because, I mean, we, we have fun out here. Make sure that you're sharing this with your family and friends. Anybody who, especially the Gen Z, because that's our target demographic. Yes. But friends, family, anybody. And encourage them to engage in the chat because, I mean, we want to. It makes to, it fun. Well, it it's makes it fun. fun. And we want to build, you know, a, a quality, no community. pun intended, community. So let's level up. What else we got out there? Proud of what you two are doing. Thank you, T-Mac. Thank you. 400. You're on your way to greater things. Yes, yes. So yeah. Our goal, next goal is 500. And after that, we're just jumping straight to 1,000. We're just, going, we're just going, for, going for exponential growth after that. Max out your gifts. Yep. Yes. Don't hold yourself back. Use your time, talents, and treasures unto the Lord. So yes, max out your gifts, max out your God-given abilities, and whatever you feel called to do. The news is reported in a biased way to spark division. There was a white male that was handcuffed and neck knelt on for about 16 minutes. No TV coverage or charges against the cop. He was poor. That's buns. 
Man. You got some new sound effects going on. Yeah, I have over. a whole board over here. We're just trying to, you know, that's that's buns. Oh. <laughs> yeah, we're getting it together. We're getting it together. We've been struggle streaming for a while. Not really struggle streaming, but a little bit struggle streaming. Just got some kinks to work out. That's all. Right. Like we got to get the chemistry down. We got to get the kinks worked out. Um, before we acknowledge some more people, I want to go to the poll. So the poll that I put in the chat was, is racism a big issue in America today? We had six votes and it was 50-50. So, hey, so please comment why you think that it is a big issue and why you think that it isn't a big issue. Um, And we'll pop your comments up here before we get to our next topic. Um, Do we have any more comments before we do that? No. Okay. Why don't you give them an update about your, your week this past week? Um, my past week. Um, well, I can give you an update about today. Today, I learned how to play disc golf. That was really fun. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, big ups, big ups. Yeah, first game, and I was not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Mm, yes. That's good. You get a level up for that. Yay. How about you, babe? I mean, I had some fun today. We played disc golf for a couple hours with another couple. And then after that, I went pretty much straight to my game. High-speed chicken feed, first team to 10 wins. We are now 10-1. and one. And we have a big game on Thursday against the second-place team who has only lost two games. So it's a big game so that we stay, you know, we beat them head-to-head. So technically, we're up two games on them. But we don't want to have the same amount of losses that they do so that we, you know, stay at least two games up in the in the standings. Only got a couple weeks, but it's looking good for high-speed chicken feed. We lost one of our best players because he's a professional baseball player, so he had to report to his job. So he is arriving in St. Louis. Um, he should be – I think he left this morning, so he should be arriving here pretty soon. But, yeah, I mean, having fun. Um, getting to, you know, kind of relive the glory days <laughs> that I always, I always joke about that with, uh, my neighbor, Mike Harris, cause he's a older gentleman and he's getting back into softball, um, because he used to play baseball as well. And so it's been fun getting to train with him a little bit and, um, just get back into competitive sport, something that I missed the last, you know, four years because, you know, focusing on career and work which is like another thing it's like after school it's almost like they tell you not to have fun anymore it's like you have to go out and seek fun like in school you it's have to easy. make it fun like you have to make fun for yourself right school it's easy or when you're with your parents it's easy because it's like you kind of have your routine they might ask you hey you want to sign up for this you want to sign up for that and you're like yeah and you have your group of friends but then after college it's like the structure of your life is all on you. You have to like go and build the structure of your life. And so if you're not seeking to and prioritizing things to do and ways to have fun, then it's kind of like, uh, you're just not going to have fun. Yep. See what I'm saying? All right. Do we have any more comments? Negative. Negative. Okay. We're about to get to our next topic. And this topic is really, really cool because it's about how we are divided kind of in our faith, but a better and more practical way to think about living in Christ. Here we go. Dethroning Jesus. Examine who is on the throne we serve or you serve. Quality people, this is quality life. Advice to lead you closer to Christ. Make sure that you... Because we don't want to be quality by ourselves. Guys, we got a question. And that question is, do you dethrone Jesus in your life? Big question. This is a big question. And we got a point that we want to make. And here's the first point before we get into our, you know, our clips that we want to show you. You can only see the light in another person if you are not beholden to an ideology that dismisses them before you hear them now that is big because if say let's use christian denominations as an example say a protestant um is 
trying to engage in a conversation with a Catholic. And as a Protestant, you might think, okay, Catholics, I don't believe everything that they do believe, but they do believe the core of what we believe, essentially. They believe Jesus rose from the dead. They believe he's the way. They believe the core of Christian doctrine. But if you dismiss this Catholic as like somebody who doesn't know who they're talking about simply because they're Catholic, you can miss the truth of what God can reveal through them for you Mm -hmm. simply because they don't behold to the same ideology that you have. Say that you're a Baptist or say that you're Presbyterian or something else. And so we have to be very careful about not serving the denominations, not serving the ideologies Instead, serving God because if truth is truth, no matter who it comes from. But that doesn't mean that we don't always work to grow in wisdom so that we can understand, yeah, I may disagree with Catholics but or a Catholic, but if he says something, you know, that is on the mark, that is not sinful, then it's like, yeah, I can take that and that really blessed me and I can apply that to my life. But also understanding if I engage in another area that I don't quite disagree with or that I don't quite agree with him on, we can talk about it and we can have a dialogue so that we can better advance the conversation so that we both can meet Jesus at, you know, at the top of the mountain, essentially. Yeah, I was going to say, if you do find yourself disagreeing with him, Mm -hmm. that's a great opportunity for you to, I guess, dive into apologetics in a sense and like deconstruct faith a little bit to learn more about oh well why why do i why do i disagree with them or and then you might find out like oh they're actually not right off like i thought they were yeah because i actually follow a lot of catholics i follow i follow pretty much any denomination i follow like really progressive christians on youtube and i follow probably the strictest of christians on youtube and pretty much everybody essentially is saying the same thing they go about it in different ways and we need to instead of instead of saying oh they're wrong and just always calling people out for what they're doing wrong it's like we need to engage in di- in dialogue to focus on the things that are right to elevate people in the right manner because when you're elevated in the right manner the things that the, the sinful nature corrects itself right it's like if you throw a dart at a at a target and you don't hit the bullseye, you can throw another dart at the target and hit that bullseye. And you can just take the higher points. And now that you've hit the bullseye, it's like, okay, I know what I need to do to hit this bullseye more. And so sin actually self-corrects itself when you're actually aiming more properly, Does that make sense. Mm-hmm. And so we do have a, a video clip that we'd like to show you. It's from Beyond the Fundamentals, which is a YouTuber that I follow, and he kind of goes beyond literally the fundamentals of what like, he calls uh, basically mammon Christianity is, and he really dives into the heart of what it practically means to seek Jesus. So I thought this clip was very, very interesting. Take a look. In many people's lives who profess Christ, there is a rival. For some people, it's resentment. And resentment is is winning out over Christ. And addiction is winning out over Christ. The inability to have good faith dialogue is winning out over Christ. We're going to stop it right there. Because it's like, who is on the throne of the things that you're serving. And this isn't, we all, a lot of Christians like to say, oh, God is on the throne and he is Lord of all. And that's great. That is a great um, point to set for your life is to have God at the, on your throne. But is he on the throne of the little things in your life practically? The little, the little hidden things, the little, the little foxes that are in the corner somewhere. Right. You know? And that breaks down to like, like, are you working on your anger like, are you working on your comparison to other people, your jealousy? Are you working on those things? It's like, is the jealousy on the throne where Christ should be, right? Or, like, those are things that you have to think about, and that's what he's hinting at right here. So, uh, let's continue. But you know what the biggest ones are? It's not, it's not drugs, it's not sex, it's not here addiction. Here we go. Listen up. It's, uh, it's not 
those kind gambling. It's not those, you know, the big top 10 sin lists. What it is, what's really winning out over Jesus right now is ideological thinking and paradigmatic thinking. And people are trapped by it and they're trapped into it. And that is winning out over Jesus in some people's lives who profess Jesus. And that's exactly what we just say. People who are who already superimpose their ideas of this is the way that it's supposed to be, you know, they get a... Because they're actually not following Jesus if you're not able to engage in good faith dialogues with, with even believers who profess the same... To profess to serve the same God as you. It's like, what are you really doing if you're just saying, no, they're wrong? It's like, no, let's have a conversation on how we can both become more right, both become more righteous in Christ. And because truth be told, you're probably wrong in some areas. Your your line of thinking probably isn't just 100% correct. There's always things that you can improve on, especially when we're talking about serving an infinite God. We always box ourselves into the Baptist ideology, the Calvinist ideology, this ideology, Presbyterian. And it's like, no, you can adopt that label, but your mind has to be ever expanding towards this infinite God. Or you get to a point where everything's so systematic that God's not able to pour into you. Yeah, and I remember something I heard a long time ago was you can't put God in a box. So that means if you're following God, that means your mindset can't be put in a box either. So, yeah. I am into that. Let's get back into it. They have a Jesus ideology rather than a Jesus being. Mm, Listen to this, guys. Jesus the way. They don't have Jesus the way. They have Jesus the ideology. You know, like like Spaceballs the lunchbox, Spaceballs the coffee mug. Uh, people have Jesus the lunchbox and Jesus the coffee mug and Jesus the ideology, Jesus the denomination, Jesus the church building, but they don't have Jesus the way of being. Jesus the way. They don't have Jesus the way. They don't know anything about that. And that is that is a very important point is because we wear the chain, this Jesus, and we see Jesus in this way and we see Jesus in that way, which is fine because if we're using symbols and we're using things to point us towards Christ. That is fine. But when we start saying that, no, like you have to, this is the way to Christ if you don't in do this it, thing, then yeah. it's almost like that is becoming the idol. And that leads us to our second point. We break the first commandment often when we put carnal matters on the throne of Christ. And that goes back to the anger. That goes back to the jealousy that we just talked about. Is like, what is on the throne of Christ in every single area of your life? Um, whether it's um, how you raise your kids, whether it's how you interact with your friends, with your family, what is on the throne of life? You really have to, um, or what is on that throne of whatever matter it is, you really have to evaluate yourself and and have this self-awareness of, am I really seeking Christ in the manner and following his teachings in this way? Like, am I producing the fruits of the Spirit, right? Am I loving God with all my heart, mind, and soul? The first commandment that Jesus said, or the highest commandment that he said, in this field of my life. Because in a lot of fields, I'll tell you, in my life personally, I'm not doing that. And that's why I constantly have to self-correct and constantly have to check myself on, okay, like, I need some work here. And even when you think you have it, it's maybe it may not be perfect. You might, you know, revert back to old habits. And so you constantly have to seek Christ in every single area of your life. Yeah, you can't just seek him in the problem areas. You have to seek him in the good ones too because then you can get become complacent and become get to a point where you're like, "Oh, I don't really need God in this area because I mean, it's going totally fine." But have to involve him in every aspect of your life. No, that is absolute facts. We got a Bible verse for you. It is John 14, 6. A lot of John today. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And so this is really big because it's like, are you, is Jesus your way? Or is the Baptist ideology your way? Is Jesus your way? Or is the Catholic ideology your way? Or the Orthodox ideology your way? It's like Jesus has to be above 
those ideologies because those are not infinite ideologies. A lot of them, um, like orthodoxies, are more flexible and more flam or not flamboyant. Um, <laughs> not flamboyant, guys. They're more flexible and I, I don't know. Malleable, ma- I guess. Malleable, I guess that's Mal- a good word. But don't be so beholden to, and that's why we had the conversation the other day about who don't worship the the teachers. Don't get so wrapped up in the teachers that all you do is like, okay, all I listen to is Bodie Bauckham. All I listen to is John MacArthur. They're great Bible teachers, but they may have kinks in their ideology that they don't see just because they've been um, serving God and they've been studying it for an extended amount of time. You still have to seek Jesus individually for yourself. They can't do it for you. Because truth be told, even if they tell you some truth, you may not even apply it in the right way. And so you always got to constantly be having that self-awareness and self-check of, am I really seeking Jesus in the way that maybe they said? Or even checking what they said. Like, and that goes from the most progressive Christian progressive to the most conservative. All right, so we have uh, another video um, from Beyond the Fundamentals that I think kind of ties a lot of stuff together. In, in many people's lives who profess Christ, there is a right. What I want to talk about... Okay, hold on. Here it is. ...today is applying Jesus Christ practically in your life. Practically. Let's apply them practically, not guys. ideologically, not mentally, not affirming things about Jesus Christ. I, I have to affirm certain things to not be a heretic and to be orthodox. Well, you can be orthodox all day long and get fired from your job and get divorced and die out in the woods somewhere, okay? And you can do all of that orthodox, all right? Uh, you can make minimum wage or be out on the street begging for money, and you can be orthodox and do all that, right? But what Jesus brings is life and life more abundantly. He does not bring an orthodoxy heresy spectrum, okay? That stuff is man-made. That stuff is, does not concern us. We don't need to worry about any of that stuff. We are interested in, in Jesus the way, not Jesus the ideology. All right? And so we want to be able to take any kind of situation that we're in, whether we have an addiction or whether we're trapped inside of an ideology or paradigmatic thinking or anything like that, and we want to apply Jesus to the situation and make it better. And there you have it, folks. It's like we need to apply Jesus and seeking after him more practical. And that is actually our third point here that we're going to get into. It's we need to apply Jesus in our lives more practically and less less ideologically. And um, do you have anything to say on this? (laughs) Um, Yeah, no. You know, okay. but yeah, it's just like, are you seeking him in every single, like practically in your life? Like that's what Jesus is here for is to elevate you and to he's molding you into a whole person. But if you aren't seeking him, but you're seeking, you know, these different ideas that are about him, but don't necessarily expand towards him. If you're not treating Jesus as the way, but you're treating these ideas as the way then you got a problem because you're going to be limited by those ideas. And to close out, we have one more Bible verse for you guys, and that is 2 Corinthians 3.17. It says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And this is just speaking, if you're seeking Jesus and He is the way, you have the Spirit of the Lord, and where that spirit of the Lord is, there's actual freedom in seeking Jesus and seeking the way. It's not there's not freedom when you're bound by these systems and these ideologies. Because uh, I heard an interesting metaphor. Basically, it's like you're able to be more free when you engage in things practically. So say you want to get better at, oh, disc golf. That's that's good. <laughs> so Kenya, well, me too, because uh, we're both not great uh, at disc golf because uh, we've only played for, I've only played for a couple months and, and today was her first, first day. day. <laughs> so 
at first at disc golf, you're going to be really bad. And you might have moments where you surprise yourself and you're like, oh, that was a good throw. But it's still overall just really bad. It's very sinful, if you will. But if you, you know, sacrifice your time and you, you know, go through the process of practice and getting better, then you're able to, you know, become, you know, better at disc golf. And actually what happens is as you get better, your body actually starts developing like this muscle memory, if, if you will. Like you're actually able to be more free in the sport of disc golf. You're more free in your movements. And that's similar to how Christ works in our life. It's like, okay, I'm trying to be more patient. And so I have to apply patience to you know, these different things in my life. I have to exercise it until patience is a part of my being. And that's Christ working in you and through you. And that's what it means to seek Jesus as the way. All right, this has been fun. If you're watching the replay, you're going to want to watch this video next because YouTube recommends it, uh, like, just they're recommending it to you. Um, Make sure that you share this with a quality friend and uh, don't be to serve the Alpha and Omega. Don't be beta. Break for the algorithm. Like, just as you want someone that's good character, that has good character, and also attractive, right. like, you have to be those things, too. And I think right. you have yeah. to be those things first, also, yeah. so you can attract that, you know? It said, you should never try to push someone to God so that you can benefit, because that's out of order. That's that's actually backwards. The ideal thing to do is that you're both walking in God's purpose for you. And then now you're in a position where God can bless you with a fruitful relationship. Biden's reign. Biden is sitting on the throne of America. Joe Biden announced re-election, and this is the Gen Z implications. Quality people, this is quality life. Advice that leads you closer to Christ and not Joe Biden. Make sure that you... Because we don't want to be quality by ourselves. Man. Today, Joseph... Isn't it A? Isn't it A, Biden? I have no idea. You're I'm asking sure. the wrong person. Joseph Biden announced that he was going to run for re-election today. And he didn't do it at like a rally like normal uh, candidates have done it in the past or normal presidents have done it in the past. Really? He put out a video on Twitter at 6 a.m. Just kind of like, hey, I'm running for re-election. Is he in his basement again? I'm, I'm not sure. <laughs> Maybe he was on a bike ride and they couldn't find I don't know. I don't know. All right. But anyway... That's what we're going to be talking about. We're going to be talking about the implications of, that this has on Gen Z and how Gen Z can kind of look for this. And we're actually going to give you some hope on, you know, and <laughs> hope on like what we can do with Biden running for re-election. And it doesn't mean run to the other side, run to the conservatives or run to the Republicans, but there might be a different way that we can do it. First, I want to show you this um, video that he, or a clip of a video that he posted earlier today. Breaking news, President Biden just announced his re-election campaign via a video announcement. The message is, finish the job. The question we're facing is whether in the years ahead, we have more freedom. Hold on, it says finish the job. I'm sorry, I feel like he hasn't started, but I digress. All right, let's get more less freedom. More rights or fewer. I know what I want the answer to be, and I think you do too. This is not a time to be complacent. Wait, can we pause her? I wasn't expecting it. I thought he was going to be sitting in his basement like I'm... No, this is a real, camp- yeah. no, this is a real campaign see. video. This is a real I campaign see. video. You hadn't seen this? <laughs> no. Oh, okay, well, here we go. <laughs> That's why I'm running for re-election. The yeah, president that's not entered the 2020 race four <laughs> years ago today and later held his first official campaign rally on Aiken's Oval. At 81, Biden will be the oldest candidate to seek re-election. Hold up. 
That might be a problem, 81. just saying. He has to win over members of his own party. A new poll from the Associated Press shows only about half of Democrats think the president should run again. Well, yeah, there you have it. And so, I mean, do you think Joe Biden should run again? I don't. <laughs> I really Why? don't. Let's put, your, okay. let's put our politics aside. Why shouldn't he run again? Just My politics aside. I mean... Just how he's handled different press conferences and things like that. Like, you can tell, like, mentally he's just kind of deteriorating um, because, I mean, like how he handled the whole Tennessee shooting and how he handled that press conference. Like, he came out joking, talking about, what, ice cream or something? Yeah, and I think there was... Maybe more of a backstory to that, but it doesn't look good. Like somebody should really stress, like, "Hey, not the time for jokes, especially." But I'm, I'm not sure if all the details came out about that. But anyway, here's, yeah. Well, and then one last point. Okay. Um, and I also find it funny how it's like, um, everyone was like, "Oh, Trump is going to start a war and stuff," and then Biden started the war. Pretty much, like he literally started a war. Our first point. Joe Biden isn't the sharpest tool in the shed. And so as a Gen Zer, um, I feel like he can't even relate to me. One, he's older, and that's not the problem because there's a lot of pe older people with a lot of wisdom who can relate to people because they're wise at their old age. But it doesn't seem like Joe is in that position. It seems like he's more of he's, – he's not a man that can think freely – and so he's just representing the democratic ideology. It's like, I don't necessarily stand with the democratic platform or the Democrat, oh, yeah, the Democrat platform. But if a Democrat comes along that has, you know, good values and it's like, hey, I don't necessarily agree with everything that the platform stands for, but I, but this is what I'm standing for and this is how I plan to help the country and bring the country together, I can support a Democrat. But as it stands now, I can't support a lot of stuff that's going on with that party. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of stuff in the Republican Party that I don't like as well. All right. And so, I mean, you heard it in the video. A lot of people even like in Joe's party is like, no, don't, don't run. I think the video said it was like 50% of, uh, I think it was like elected officials that are Democrat just like, no, we don't really want you to run. And the fact that he's like, I'm going to run is... It's just not a good look. It's not a good look. Because, like, other countries don't respect him either. So, and it makes our country look weak and stuff. So, yeah. Right. He hasn't been a very strong president. And, and that's the opposite of what, you know, Trump was, regardless of whether you agreed with his politics or not. He was a very strong president, but he was also very divisive, which is why... Didn't necessarily like Trump as much, but he did have the economy. So, like, there was pros and there was cons to Trump, just like with any other person. Um, but, I mean, even people on Joe Biden's, you know, side <laughs> are basically saying don't run. Here is a video from the Young Turks echoing this sentiment. Joe Biden would be stupid to run again in 2024. He needs to... Sit his ass down, take his nap. Why do you want to run again in 2024? You're ineffective. You are a failure. You have failed the electorate. You have all these people showing up to vote, canvassing on your behalf, ensuring the two Democrats won the Senate runoff races in Georgia because you said it was so important to have that majority in the Senate. That. And then you turned around and did nothing for the nothing. American people. Sit down, don't run again, it would be a massive mistake. This is not an endorsement of what the Republicans are doing. I am furious that the corporate Democratic Party fear mongers about the right wing and then enables them. They enable them day in, day out. I despise these people, they all need to be primaried. They need to sit down, get the hell out of the way and mm. let actual leaders do the governing. It's like everyone's over the establishment, like on both sides. Exactly. Everyone's over the establishment. Yeah. And what she what she said about the Democratic Party could also be said about the Republican yeah. Party. It's like everything is about our party and our party winning. And it's like, no, the American people just want a functioning country 
um, where we can come together. And I've been traveling the country the last eight, nine months interviewing World War II veterans. And they all, no matter what side of the political spectrum that they're on, they all echo the same thing. And they say, the guys in Washington now, they're just, they're ruining the country. It's like, basically, when we all knew that we had a duty back then, and we had to go serve our country, they were always doing things for the good of the country. And they don't see that happening in Washington. And almost every single one of them echo the same sentiment, as well as saying that it's actually starting at a very young age, this kind of mindset, because they said that one, one vet said, it's been like, I used to go to schools all the time and talk to the kids about World War II and what it was like and the history of it. And now people just, they're not even teaching anymore. I haven't even been invited back. And so, and that was with a couple of couple of vets and the other vets were like, I wish they would teach the kids in school because they come across so many kids that just don't know anything about what actually happened and the implications of World War II, which if you don't know, you need to kind of do your, (laughs) you need to do your history because if World War II goes any differently, the world looks a whole lot differently today. And so let's get into our next point. Our next point is Joe Biden couldn't be in touch with Gen Z even if he tried. And that's one of my big gripes with him. Um, I mean, even Trump to a degree, he does a better job of appealing to um, and entertaining, which can kind of, you know, grasp and be more attractive to a younger audience. But Joe Biden, like if I were to have a conversation with him, it, it would kind of it would feel like he wouldn't relate to me other than just points that he got off of uh, off of my profile, basically. Because <laughs> yeah. Gen Z might have a profile that says, oh, they like this and this and this, and he would just start speaking to that. He'd and I'm like, like <laughs> I'm like, dude, I don't even, like, I don't like, like I'm my like, own person. You like rap music. <laughs> right, yeah. It's so, like the stuff they do with like, um, when they sit down with like Cardi B or yeah, different people like that. like that. And it's like, it's not the fact that you sit down with these people. It's the fact, it's the way that you go about it that you think that she is the representative of all of us. It's like we like her music, right? We don't follow her for, you know, her politics. Uh, I know that she's into that kind of stuff. And, like, again, it's not that he had the interview with her uh, or that he spoke with her. It's the fact that it was it was basically like, oh, this is your leader. And so because so if she y'all kind me, of worship you her. you guys will like me. Yeah, it's like, it's basically like that. It's like, I'm not doing this for the good of you and to connect with you. I'm doing this, so I'm trying to essentially buy your vote, essentially. So um, that's kind of the problem that I had with that. And speaking of anti-establishment, I know you mentioned that earlier. We have a anti-establishment YouTube channel uh, well, they do news that's anti-establishment on YouTube. It's called Breaking Point. They do really fair analysis, and they basically go at both sides. And I think it's great and refreshing. And here's uh, some of their ideas on the Joe Biden re-election that I think Gen Z needs to hear. The bottom line still remains that people care a lot about whether or not they can feed their kids about whether or not they're earning enough income that maybe one day in a- Like, yes. It's like, maybe Gen Z, and we don't have kids yet, but we're getting to the age where we have to think about providing for ourselves. And if milk is $12 a gallon, it's like, uh, what am I supposed to do as a broke college student that's just graduating or trying to get on my feet? It's like, of course, they're going to- argue for higher minimum wage, which yeah. doesn't necessarily need to happen, but it's like the cost of living is so high. So it's like, what are you, what are you to do? A far off distant land, they might be able to buy a home. They care a lot about whether or not they can afford to go to a doctor when they're sick. And if you are taking all of that off the table, you are opening up a huge lane, especially at a time when you have so many Americans saying, I'm struggling economically. I'm concerned about a recession. I think we may already be in a recession. Inflation is eating into my wages and making it so that every single month it is harder and harder to get by. And that's kind of a, oops, that's kind of another thing that hasn't been stressed 
throughout like the last couple of years is the emphasis to make the American average American life, you know, easier and better as a whole. Um, there's been a lot of just other issues that have taken precedent over the actual American you know, people, American lifestyle and the well-being of their everyday life. It's like, yeah, some of these issues are important, but at the end of the day, we got to live our life before these before some of these issues even matter. Like we need to be able to have food. Yeah. We need to be like, able to, you know, go to the doctor. It's, it's kind of wild. Yeah. Like just basic economics. I feel like, pers- okay, per- this is a personal thing, but I think economics should come before all the other stuff because if we can't live and do things that we're supposed to do, right. then all that other stuff kind of goes by the wayside. Right. It's kind of like where your where your values aligned at properly as far as like in the political spectrum. It's like what's at the highest value? Is it these, you know, crazy um issues that are going on that seem to be taking precedent or is it, you know, let's uh have a, you know, let's put the American people in a position to thrive. That's yeah. how it was when we were building the country and now that we've kind of gotten to a point it's like all these other issues are taking precedent over, you know, the actual thriving and lives of the American people. Yeah, it's like that triangle. I forgot what it was called. It was a triangle and it shows you like what needs need to happen first before you can move on to the next part of the triangle. Right, you know what yeah. I'm yeah, I know yeah. exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, it's like that. Exactly. It's like we haven't, we're, we're, we like, we skip over the basic needs and we don't take care of that because in large part, since we are the wealthiest country in the world, a lot of us aren't struggling per se with basic needs. But if you want to continue this growth, we need that has to be the base. It's like if your foundation isn't strong, if you don't have that unlocked, you can't advance to the, all these other issues. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's kind of how uh, we're seeing it. And so let's get back into our points. Here's our last point we need to get back to voting for people and not parties. And so Joe Biden's running. A lot of people don't want him to run, which is probably a good thing. But like I said, that doesn't mean necessarily run to the Republicans or run to the other opposite side of the spectrum. So Gen Z actually has a tremendous opportunity where we can, or or younger people just in general can say, all right, this whole party thing, the split is kind of getting out of hand. Let's uh, see what we can do with our voting power to um, shake up how the either shake up how the parties are operating or you know make them irrelevant. Which it's going to be hard to do to make them irrelevant, but at the least we can do is with our voting power make a statement in some sort of way, voice our opinion in some sort of way. And so we don't necessarily have to endorse Joe Biden and the Democratic Party or them. It's like we need to find something. We need to go about it. And I don't claim to know the answer, but we have an opportunity now to where it's like we have this guy on this side that not a lot of people like, and we have this guy on this side, Trump, that a lot of people don't like either. And it's like, well, you say we got to take the lesser of two evils, but it's like, do we? We don't. That's not very democratic. That seems like it's it's tyranny. You're just choosing. Yeah. You're choosing one evil. I mean, I would even argue like not even voting for the people over the party, but voting for the policies before the person. Because I feel like vote for the policies, that's really what's going to affect you, not the person. Right, right, right. Well, so that, and that's kind of what I mean when I say you're voting for the person and what that person stands for, like what they're putting forward as far as like their, what they say, what policies they want to push over, you know, what party they stand for. And yeah. it's kind of like I said... That's why I could vote for a Democrat if they, you know, put forth policies that I'm like, okay, yeah, that's that can bring people together. That can do a lot for the country. But as it stands now, there's um, just a lot of craziness going on on the Democratic side that I don't support. Yeah, I mean, I just think it's so important to, like, look at people's voting records if they're already in office. Look at... I, those long, boring documents, like look at those because just seeing a Facebook post and someone's going off about whatever this politician did or whatever this bill is 
being passed is saying, if you don't read it for yourself, you might get misinf- you might get misinformation and end up that might end up swaying your vote. Exactly, exactly. So, I mean, that's what we had, guys. Um, We are going to go to your comments before we get out of here. Thank you for rocking with us. Uh, You have been great. Make sure that you're and sharing this with your friends. Um, Let's get to some comments. Kenya, I I starred some from the last topic, so let's do those first. Okay. Amen. The problem is folks don't read the word to grow closer to him. It's a, if they meet him, claim they are saved, yet they won't get to know him. Read his book and follow the word. Amen to that. Amen. Amen. No one should hate a person because of their religion. And that, I agree. Now, that's really big because a lot of people say, oh, they're this. Nah, don't don't get involved with them. And you don't necessarily have to that doesn't mean that we can't engage with them and because it's like what we're supposed to spread the gospel. We're supposed to spread the message and the way of Jesus. And if we're not, you know, like a person that's not a Christian, what do you think they are? They're they're essentially another religion, right? Mm-hmm. They might be atheists or they might be this or that or may be a religious at that point point in time. And so if we don't spread the gospel, and that's not necessarily going up to somebody and saying, hey, do you know Jesus? You need to accept Jesus. But literally showing them in your manner of living while also saying, hey, yeah, this is this is why I live this way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then letting you know God change their heart in that manner. It's like, you're not really spreading the gospel. You're not answering the call that Jesus said when he said, you know, go out and make disciples. He's too old. I agree. I agree also. I mean, I think it's like 81. A, yeah. I don't think it's a good look if he's running at 81. Like, you don't want to retire. You don't want to just, I don't know where his home base is, but you don't want to just be at home. and. Well, at this point, it's more about the, I don't know why. Like, I don't, there's no reason to run. Like, He's kind of done everything in politics other than the fact that he I wants mean, the title. I think, like, it probably isn't a good look for a Democrat or anyone running that doesn't try to run again, maybe. But nobody for wants the party. To, his party doesn't I mean, want I him understand. to run. So I mean, it's like, well, there's cares? someone there's someone in his party that wants him to do it. I mean, yeah, but, it's like, when you have 50%, it's like you're not even getting support from your own people. and Yeah, but it might be someone that's, like, top dog and they're like no he's running again i don't care what anyone says are you talking about like some covert black ops stuff now no like whoever whoever is in charge of the dnc oh i got you i mean i mean that's possible but again it's like when your party's not supporting you and then like the the people from breaking point said like they're essentially not allowing debates on their own side for like the primaries and stuff it doesn't look good. It's like, how are you supposed to win in a sense if you're canceling all the games, but then you just want to show up to the to the big game and puff out your chest because you've been the big dog. You just it's almost like he just doesn't want to get embarrassed to save the the fan base that he does have so that he actually has the chance to get reelected. And I don't think that's a good look. And it's almost like he's at that point it feels like you're running for the wrong reasons. It's like you're running just solely so that you can have this title again and not doing it for the good of the American people or what the people want. Probably true. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's probably true. We can't can't appeal to his actual motive. But again, and that's kind of contradictory because in his his statement, he says, I am running or I'm basically trying to focus on making – the country more like saving democracy in a sense. And it's like, I mean, you're hindering democracy at the same time. Yeah. But you can't, you can't tell them like what his real motive would be. Yeah. That's what I just said. But I'm just saying like, that's, that's what it seems like. Hmm. Okay. Uh, 
on Cindy says, I look at every candidate, and if they fit, they fit. It's not fair for an old white man to tell me I'm not black if I don't vote Democrat. Oh, that is absolute <laughs> facts. Um, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. When he said that, that was just oh, like that was crazy. That was nuts. You're not black if you don't vote for me. And excuse me, sir. That's kind of where we're at, and like that just brings the conversation that we have full circle. It's like, what is dividing our country? It's race, like black versus white. It's faith, Christian versus you know, honestly, leftist ideology, and then it's just these politics where things are divided. Those things are the most divided within politics. And so a lot of people are wrapping their identity up in these politics when we should be wrapping our identity in Christ. And so that goes back to our middle segment where we're saying, what is on your throne? Is these political parties and ideas on the throne where Jesus should be? Or like, are you really truly serving the Lord? And I think that's what we'll leave you with today. Quality people, make sure you share this with a quality friend. It's been real, guys. This has been a lot of fun. Uh, Before you get on out of here, make sure that you like this video next. And we will see you in the next one. Don't be the Alpha and Omega. We'll see you next time. I got to get better at that.